Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Seattle Seahawks and the Seattle Chicken Hawks. I was going to go down the list of new names. Should I play with that one? From the Oakland Raiders to the Oakland Invaders. <laughs> From this, I'm going to call them the San Diego Cartels, the Portland lo- jog- lo- Portland Loggers, the New York Bagels. From the Chicago Bears to the Chicago Bloods. From the Padres to the Madres. I bet you they'd call on that one and come up with new names. That's what I'm talking about, some humor, right? No, I'm not. Come on. See, I'm li- I'm live and I didn't even know it. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Savage Nation. I have no idea I'm live. I was talking to the guys that I was playing with new team names because of the c- crazy world we're in. And uh, we went from the Seattle Seahawks to the Seattle Chicken Hawks. Did you hear any of this? From the San Francisco Giants to the San Francisco Turds, from the Oakland Raiders to the Oakland Invaders, to the Portland Loggers, the San Diego Cartels, the New York Bagels, the Chicago Bears to the Chicago Bloods, from the Padres to the Madres. And I was going to ask you, since I'm, I'm fed up with politics, I know you are as well. I know you can't take another day of listening to this rubbish about impeachment and the news and Syria. No one wants to hear it anymore. They're burned out. Everyone I know. And high IQ people are tuning out of politics. They will not listen to anyone in talk radio anymore. It's reduced only to the true believers on both sides of the aisle. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions today to get us out of the doldrums that we're all in. Did we play the Lone Savage yet, the opening? The uh, How did I miss all that? Play it again. You didn't run it down to me. Let's start again. See, this show is so good because we just do it. It's on the natch, the whole show. Even when there's errors, it sounds good. This show is a mistake. It's better than most shows. Oh, see, here's my opening. This is what's supposed to, supposed to be. Now, when I hear this, I see a little boy in a Bronx apartment wearing a cowboy suit with two cap guns. Uh shooting everybody dead in the hallway when they come to uh, knock on the door to visit my mother. Luckily, I was only a kid and I didn't become a narco because that's not who I am. Uh, I'm just a guy who like cap guns and cowboy suits, but they're actual men who are cowboys and they like to kill people with guns, as you can see in Mexico and cities in America. Are you burned out from politics and impeachment? What are you listening to or watching instead? That's what I want to know. I know a lot of people are not watching the news anymore they're not listening to talk radio anymore for example last night i did a cooking video on on um, twitter which has a, a service called whatever it's called periscope and i cooked uh, scallops and rice and it was very popular what's interesting is i'm getting almost more people going to my cooking videos than i am to my political uh, statements and i know why 
I, it's like obviously why but people like cooking videos. First of all, I know what I'm doing. Secondly, it's like having a guy in the house for all the lonely people out there who have no one like me to live with or talk to. So I'm like Miss Lonely Hearts cooking for them in the kitchen. But on, on top of it, I really know how to cook. The few dishes I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm no master chef. I don't hold myself up to anyone who's gone to cooking school and worked in a restaurant for any number of years. Don't get, I'm not competing with you. But the things that I know how to cook, I know how to cook very well according to my taste. My taste is not your taste. I don't use dairy. I don't use butter, for example. I won't put milk or cream in my food. I, I add no salt. I don't like pepper. It makes my skinage. Because if food is good, you don't need a lot of spices. You understand? Spices are used mainly in Asian restaurants because they serve such inferior quality protein. Garbage, by and large. I don't mean cat, but inferior chicken, the kind of chicken that bounced off a Safeway truck or it died of natural causes, it died of cancer on the way to the slaughterhouse. That's the kind of chicken you're getting in most Asian restaurants, cancer chicken. So, of course, you have to trick it up with, with spices. Jim's laughing. He's a food guy, actually, is in the business. I don't need to spice it. If the chicken is good, look, when I grew up, I went to a live poultry market. I hated it. I didn't, as a kid, I didn't like watching the bird have its head cut off. Uh, to this day, I was traumatized. Now, luckily, I wasn't a Kurd watching the Turks coming in to ethnically cleanse my town while the U.S. danced its uh, heart out, you know. Oh, yeah, we don't care anymore about foreign affairs. I love it. All the people in radio who suddenly were Warhawks last month, now they're anti-war. Now they're anti-war. They're all of a sudden, they're, they're on the other side. Amazing. They'll turn on a dime. If Trump decided to bomb Turkey, they'd be, yeah, we got to bomb Turkey. Well, I've told you all along, use air power in any way. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't like that blood and all of that stuff, but we go to those live poultry markets. To this day in Monticello, New York, I don't know the town. All I remember, it's like a nightmare to me. PTSD, straw on the floor, women in babushkas, uh, chickens screaming, my mother or grandmother picking out the healthiest chicken, the butcher who was some fat old woman with a bloody apron grabbing the chicken, chasing it around the, the barnyard by the neck, cutting its head off, and the thing running around with the blood spurting out. Why did they do that to those animals? Isn't there a more humane way to kill a chicken, Jim? Well, anyway, I'm not here to talk about PETA stuff, but uh, I don't spice chicken because I try to get healthy chicken to begin with to get back to the main point. So I did a cooking video and it was very popular and uh, many people want me to do other stuff. I'm asking you, what are you doing instead of impeachment uh, or uh, stuff like that? I like the Lone Savage music. Play it again. I want to start the show again. I want to start the show all over again. I.O. Silver is the Lone Savage. Here in the Bay Area, you know what it's like to be a conservative in the, in the Bay Area? You have any idea what it's like? You talk about the Lone Savage? What is it like for you, whether you're in the Bay Area of San Francisco or the Bay Area of Boston or Dallas or Chicago or New York as a conservative who has to keep his mouth shut because of the Nazi socialists who make believe they're better than you. What is your life like? What is your life like as a conservative in your liberal town, city, or business? Who gave them the right to open their big stupid mouths and you have to keep your mouth shut? Tell me. When they sprayed bear spray into a crowd in Portland, I didn't see the newspaper or AP running a big story. Evil, aggressive, socialist in, in Nazi far spray crowd with bear spray. But when it was done in, in, where was it, in New York by one guy or somewhere? Oh, Santa Monica Pier? You should see the headline. 
fascist, MAGA hat, sprays crowd, blah, blah, blah. Do you understand we're losing the war? Do you understand that the socialist Nazis say, how could you be a socialist and a Nazi, Michael? You don't understand. No, you don't understand. Hitler was a socialist. Wake the hell up. How many years have I told you? 15 years? The National Socialists of Germany, Nazi Party, were National Socialists. Exactly what Occasional Cortex and Bernie Sanders were proposing is what Hitler proposed in Germany. Less the racism, of course, unless you include attacking white Christian males. Then you could say there's a direct parallel. But they said the same thing. They said nationalize all the industries. Hitler said nationalize the industries. So this dumb bartender says nationalize America and the crowd cheers in New York. Why? That is what happens when you permit the third world garbage of the world to flood into your country. And if you don't like my words, you know what you could do. Turn the show off or go somewhere else. I don't really care anymore. This country has gone into the toilet bowl since we've imported. How many? How many years have I told you it's not 11 million illegals? How many years have I said it's more like 33 million? All of a sudden, there's a news story last week. Oh, it's not 11 million. Some genius reported it's really 22 million. No, it's more like 60 or 70 million third world invaders have come into the country and have altered and warped America for the worse. No, they all don't come here to work. If I have to tell you what I feel when I drive by certain areas and I see people who don't work, I become infuriated. I don't have to name who they are or where they are. I see them everywhere. They don't work. Do you understand that? If I have to see one more Middle Easterner marching around in the middle of the day near where I live in public housing, hasn't worked a day in his life, a beard down to his crotch, the holy man marching around getting his exercise in the afternoon after the, the check came and he complained about somebody, looked at him the wrong way. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore at a breaking point. Why do you think I worked so hard to get Donald Trump elected? Well, I don't see the immigration slowing down. I'm sorry to tell Oh, you criticize Donald Trump. You become a libtard. You're not allowed to say a negative thing about him. You're working for Schiff. You're a Russian bot. You know, you could say what you want. I don't really care. But if you think that slavish worship is what conservatism is, then Johnny, get online and go listen to Wallbanger and the blowhard whale because I'm not him and I'm not them. I am an independent. I always have been. And the reason I back Trump is because I thought he would control the immigration flood. He tried. To his credit, he tried. But rotten, stinking judges from Honolulu to San Francisco have stopped him because of the rotten system we have. If you think democracy is a good system, I got another guest coming for you. You know, democracy is the worst system on the planet because we don't have it. Who was it who said democracy is the worst form of government compared to everything else? You know what I'm saying? Compared to everything else, it's the best, something along those lines. In other words, it's a rotten system. How is it that a bum could come into this country, not work, live off my taxes and your taxes, and spit on my flag? How is that even possible? How is that possible that the worst refuse of the third world comes here, goes on welfare, makes money under the table with illicit activities? That's if they're even ambitious. 
That's if they even have any ambition. First, they take money from you and me. Then they sell crap on the black market or they work a job for cash. And then they spit on the American flag and call you a racist. What country can survive this? The answer is no country can, nor are we surviving this. We are not surviving it. You're watching the death of America. Do you understand this? So, okay. At, uh, let's see, the 29th of October, which is next Tuesday night, I'm doing a private event for about 80 people, closed to the public. And it's going to be life as a conservative in liberal San Francisco. It should it'd probably be a light kind of performance with a dinner. No one could get in there. And for the thousands of you who've begged me to go to the show, I've posted it as a video. It'll be a video for nine ninety five after the show. You can be there with us at the party. And you'll hear me. You'll hear my attorney, Dan Horowitz, introduce me. You'll see some of the best people in the United States of America in the audience if they want to be seen. And you'll hear what I have to say. Now, I've thought a lot about this. I've thought a great deal about it. Do I make this private event into a political rally calling for a third party, a nationalist party? I don't know. If it was 20 years ago, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would, wouldn't, I would be like Ho Chi Minh right now. If this was 20 years ago with what is going on now, I would say it's going to take me 15 to 20 years to change this country. I don't have 15 to 20 years, so I'm not going to create a nationalist party. One of you is going to have to do it because right now our system is completely dead. It's not functioning. It's dead. When you have a low-life scum like Adam Schiff, a low-life degenerate bum like Adam Schiff, and you have a corrupt harridan like Nancy Pelosi paralyzing this government, you understand how corrupt this country has become. Do you understand that? Now I say, oh, well, Donald Trump's worse. He has to be stopped. You know, I love hearing that. How badly are you doing, Mr. Liberal? You never had it so good, you bum, you. I love it. They're all complaining how bad it is. They never had it so good. They're rolling in their lives. Everything's good for them. Nothing's wrong. But they hate Trump. What do they want? They want Venezuela so they can complain about who? Occasional cortex who wants to nationalize everything in America. Do you understand liberalism as a mental disorder? That it has no logic attached to it? None whatsoever. Everyone who wants to work is working. The lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. And yet they complain, the communist agitators. Well, those are some of my ideas. I've asked you a couple of questions. How do you, as a conservative in uh, either San Francisco or New York, how do you survive having to hide your politics. But the bigger question is, why do you hide it? Who the hell do they think they are? These loudmouth fishwives. I saw one of them last week. I got so infuriated. She went up to Rand Paul, or one of them was having dinner somewhere in Santa Monica. And she said to him, you just ran into some New Yorkers, honey. This is the way we talk. Let her try it with me, because I'm a New Yorker. She would have got a pepper spray right in her mouth. In her case, the pepper spray wouldn't have worked. She wouldn't need more than a bear spray to shut a big yap. But that's who they are. They think they can jawbone you into a, into eternity and shut your mouth up. The only answer is stand up and get in their faces. Don't let them shout you down. Don't let them do it. Or you'll have no freedom. You'll be on your hands and knees if you let these people, if you want to even call them that, these little shifts and shifets get to you. Now, that is the opening. I will be back. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Look, we all fear an emergency, right? Whatever it may be, a flood, a tornado, an earthquake, a riot. And what are you going to see when that happens? Long lines of people, empty store shelves. 
Well, there's no need to be a part of that chaos and the possibility of having to deal with FEMA food lines. Those that know what might be coming are using today to prepare for tomorrow. I believe you should make a plan as well. I have, starting with building an emergency food supply, which you can keep, by the way, for up to 20 years in a closet. And I trust and I use only my Patriot Supply. They are experts in emergency preparedness. They have guaranteed two-day delivery. Disasters don't wait. Why should you? Now, listen to this. This week, you're going to save $70 on a two-week emergency food kit when you go to my special website, preparewithsavage.com, preparewithsavage.com, preparewithsavage.com. I know, I know, I'm repeating preparewithsavage.com for a reason. My Patriot Supply food kits can last up to 25 years in storage and include breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. Why don't you try and order a few today? You'll get guaranteed two-day delivery discreetly to your door. No one will even know what's in the box. Take action so you're ready for what's coming and save $70. Those that know what's coming are preparing. Go to preparewithsavage.com. Please, preparewithsavage.com. You will thank me one way or the other. Preparewithsavage.com. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is the uh, Savage Nation. Rather than talking about Kurds and ways or about Kurds in Syria or Iraq, uh, we're talking about other subjects in the Savage Nation. It's futile to talk about foreign policy when there is no coherence. One day, we're protecting them and fighting alongside them. The next day, we're leaving and they can drop dead. Uh, and we, we, they didn't fight with us in Normandy. Let them go to hell. And we never said we were going to protect the Kurds. And now, of course, the Stooges, yeah, yeah, no foreign wars. No foreign wars, all the, all the conservatives. No foreign wars. No, no war at all. Why don't you go put a uniform on, Mike? We want them all to come home now. Well, they're not coming home. They moved them to Iraq. Yesterday, we were told there would be air power. Now we're told no air power. We have no coherence in our foreign policy, which is a disaster. And if I have to say it, if I have to be the only one in radio who is not a liberal saying it, then I'll be the only one. That's all. What's the difference? What is the point of doing this if I can't tell you how I see it? I call him like I see him. Let me quote John F. Kennedy for you. Of course, many of you trolls criticized him as well. Kennedy said, let every nation know that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. That was John F. Kennedy in his inaugural address. What do we have today? We have cheesecake. We have sponge cake. We have a knish that's fallen on the ground and been stepped on by a, by a, by a, a dog. No one knows what our foreign policy is from one second to the next. A country cannot survive without a coherent foreign policy. Do you understand that? The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Jay Silverheels. Remember him? Tonto? I can't even say the word Tonto. I can be arrested for that in California. Tonto is somehow racist. I, I like the Indians better than the Cowboys. Always had, they had nice moccasins. I like their, like, fringed moccasins. There's something a little San Francisco about them, the way they dressed them. And, but all right, let's not go there. Because the real Indians didn't wear fringed moccasins. That's uh, something that you wore on a certain street in San Francisco after midnight. 
that, that was a good piece of jazz, by the way, after midnight. Whoever knows who did that one. Are you burned out from politics and impeachment? What are you doing and listening to instead? That's what I'm asking you. And also, are you a conservative in a liberal city? What is life like for you? Why do you have to hide what you believe in? What do you think? They're going to beat you up if you tell them to go to hell? What are you afraid of these people for? They're nobody. What are they? Own, they own the whole speech? Even Zuckerberg, and I don't even know what his politics would be. I would guess every billionaire is a conservative behind closed doors. What are you joking? You think Bill Gates is a liberal, a flaming liberal? He wants to give away his fortune? What are you people crazy? And what that that bartender in New York, you think she's a socialist? She's a crazy person. Let her take over the country. See what you get. Even Zuckerberg said Trump's social media should not be shut down. He said, I worry about a social trend today. This is Zuckerberg, where I see more people across the spectrum trying to label different speech as dangerous because it may lead to political outcomes they don't want. Look, Zuckerberg is one of the smartest men in the world, also one of the most powerful and also one of the most influential. So when Zuckerberg speaks, I listen. It's that simple. He doesn't live in a cafe somewhere and, and give you his opinion like a worthless cafe sitter. That's all. But what is life like for you? I mean, that's what I want to know. Anybody in San Francisco have to go through hell? Andrea, Sacramento, line three, you're on the Savage Nation. What is it like being a conservative? What kind of company do you work for? Well, I run a, uh, a nonprofit that works with marginalized uh, communities, specifically undocumented and um, justice. What is a marginalized teen? What does that even mean? What does marginalized mean? Well, the way society or, I guess, funders uh, or entities, they, they call a marginalized is somebody that's identified as poverty, um, education, socioeconomic uh, struggles. What do you mean, poor and stupid or what? Basically, yeah, basically, yes. That's so if you're poor and stupid, you're, you're called marginalized today? Yes, yes. What if you're poor and you're motivated to become middle class? Is That's no, no, no longer... When I was poor, I wanted to break out of poverty. So I worked my behind off. No one called me marginalized. Yeah. yeah. In other words, why can't you tell a kid if you want to make it in this country, you have to work for it? No one's going to give it to you. Well, and that's what we do. But because I'm in the area where it's all Democratic control, all the funders, you've got California Endowment, all these funders in the area. Um, Did you say funders? Funders? Funders, yeah. I, I'm trying to learn the jargon, the funders. Yes. Yeah, is, is it all public money, tax money? It's public and uh, private. And I understand. So you have to hide your true beliefs, and you, you don't want to give them a handout. You'd rather give them a fishing rod than a fish, in essence, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. So you want to teach the marginalized youth how to go fishing instead of giving them a fish to eat. Absolutely. And, and the funders want them to be dependent upon them. So the funders don't want you to tell them to go out and make it on their own, in essence. Yes and no. They just, they like the systemic labeling and victimization. I see. They like having a, a victim class because they can be in control. That is their plantation, Andrea. This is the new plantation of the liberals. They, you know that most liberals have an ego problem. And they like having impoverished or broken people to manipulate. And so they are the new plantation masters in that regard. Let me ask you something, Andrea. You have to hide your politics, right? I, are, you, are you signing up for my evening with Michael Savage, Life as a Conservative in San Francisco, to get that video? If not, I'm going to give you a free ticket. How's that? Would you like that? be awesome. Yeah, I'm... I'm you know, okay, stay on the line. Jim is going to... Instead of giving out a book 
It's only one more week. I'm only going to do it for a week. If you're lucky enough to get a free pass, you'll be able to watch my event, which is happening next Tuesday night, but you can't be there because there's only 80 people lucky enough to get into this private venue uh, somewhere in, in California. And um, the rest of you can watch it on video. I'm not looking to make a fortune, but I'm looking to share the event with those who would like to be there. That's all. It's that simple. Now, we're going back to the issue at hand with the lone savage. And again, I'm burnt out with politics. I mean, I have all the stories. Kurds, the Schmerds, the troops. Uh, did you see this one last week? New York City students can graduate without attending school. There's a new absence policy loophole under the communist who runs the city. They can graduate without even attending school. Can you believe what they're doing now? Now they're going to come out, these dummies. The juvenile delinquents will come. You remember the word juvenile delinquent? They don't even use it anymore. The, the delinquents will come out of school, the troublemakers, with a fake diploma from a New York City high school. I killed myself to pass the Regents exam to study. The dummies will come out with a, the with a diploma. Wait, then they'll go for a job. And if you don't hire them, they'll sue you. They'll get some guy, Marvin, from the ACLU to say that you didn't sue them because they're impoverished youth, minority youth, transgender youth, or misunderstood youth, marginalized youth, and you're a racist because you don't want to hire them. So then you hire them, and they screw the whole company up. They screw everybody up. Everybody becomes stupider than they were to even start with, and nobody works. That's the problem. So what are you going to do? I'm lucky that I, I drove myself very hard. I still do. Why do you think I drive myself? Because I have pride. I was born with, I was taught the work ethic and I work hard. What pushes a person in life altogether? Whether it's in sports or academics or in business, what pushes a person, for example, to be a writer or a poet, put it in that regard, um, a composer, a musician, an opera singer, a, a fighter, a boxer, why would he want to beat the other boxers? Because it's human nature to, to want to win. It's in, you, it's in the human condition to want to beat the other person. So you listen to these psychopathic liberals who tell you that it's evil to want to win. What they're really doing is trying to make you a loser, and then they win. It goes back to the 60s. I remember very, very well the malarkey of the 60s. I remember it distinctly. They all walked around with the long hair and the sandals, and they all told you, hey, man, you know, don't let your ego get in the way. I remember all the phrases. Meanwhile, they were trying to rip off your old lady and steal your drugs. They're telling you not to let your ego get in the way. Meanwhile, they're ripping off your old lady if they can and or stealing your drugs. The phony hippies out there. Now they're all all great liberals today. All Again, it's the same act. They're telling you not to be a conservative because they know the right way. They're still ripping you off of your pride and your dignity and your nation. That's all. This is along the lines of what I'm going to do live, I think. I've been thinking along and hard. You know, I'm only doing a short show next week, about an hour total with questions. And I'm saying, what should I do? Should I... Start a new party. I'm not going to do that. Should I go hard politics? I'm not going to do that. Should I go uh, a little entertainment? I'll do that. little humor? I'll do that. But you know I'm going to do a lot of hard politics. I have not done a live event in a long time. I did one two years ago at the Freedom Center for David Horowitz. Great guy. And that's the, uh, the S-hole remark one. That's a great video. It's up on YouTube. I think this is going to be much better than that one because I'm, I'm primed for this one. It's the right time of year. It's in my hometown. Do you know what I'm saying? It's much different than doing it in L.A. In the I don't know what hotel I was in. The Four Seasons, beautiful hotel, by the way, down and the food was good. You know what's a shame is when you're delivering a talk at a place where the food is good. Two things: one, they're clinking plates and the dishes and the, the glasses. That's number one. So I told him this time, 
I want a buffet and I want the buffet over before I even start talking. Okay, that's number one. No clinking of silverware. How can you do a talk with the clinking and a chicken bouncing off a plate? Number two, at the Four Seasons, the food smells so good. on book tours. They were nice cities, Portland and Seattle. They went into the garbage can, toilet. The liberals from San Francisco moved there and like rats, they destroyed the cities. They brought their polluted liberalism with them. They Everything they touched, they destroyed. Look what Bernie Sanders did to Vermont, a once clean, beautiful New England state. Clean, conservative state. That rat from New York jumped out of New York, went up there and like infested the whole, the whole state with his communism. Okay, well, I have very, very mild opinions about people like Bernie Sanders. You know, it's a lucky thing I live in America. I can't explain it. I'm watching a show now on Netflix, which I saw years ago, called uh, Narcos. I watched it years ago when it came out. The violence in it is so overwhelmingly well done. It leaves you chilled to realize what a lack of respect for human life these people have in Mexico. And they still do. It just broke out again last week. Did you see that? They arrested Guzman's son and uh, the, the governor or whatever, the president had to close down the, the, the military for the sake of the people, because they were killing everybody again. No, no respect for human life, babies, nobody, everybody gets killed. I never saw a society like this. You say ISIS. ISIS you're worried about. I'm worried more about what's being brought into this country over the border, the kind of people coming over. You think I don't see it in the eyes? You think I can't see it? I see what's going on. I'm worried more about I am about my border than I am about the Syria at the end of the day. But we're not talking about our border anymore. When, do, when have we last talked about borders, language, and culture? When did we last talk about our borders, our language, our culture? Like never. When have you last heard the White House have a coherent policy statement on immigration? When have you last heard the White House have a coherent policy statement on what our social policy is? I don't even know what it is. Jim, what's our social policy? Name the issue. I don't know what it is. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the policy is on anything from second to second, second to second. So we're all very nervous. And that's why a lot of people are turning off from politics. I know very smart, high IQ people are saying, I do not listen to radio. I won't watch the TV news because I can't affect change in this country. So what they do is they tend to their own garden. It's that simple. You know, there's an old adage, tend your own garden. I try to do that. This is my own garden. That's a red again. See, I'm getting loquacious. I got a small sore throat coming on. Again, the back of the throat, I don't like it. Changes seasons, allergies. I was in a dog hospital yesterday morning. Very depressing, awful. Almost lost Teddy again, but turned out okay. Cooked uh, at night, he was there. But you know, it's the way of all flesh. Then you see yourself. But the, the animal hospital, what a ripoff these people are. My God, what a machine they have down there. The first of all, you don't see anybody. They stick you in a room. Then no one comes in. Then uh, comes in someone who went to like grade school somewhere in, uh, in Uruguay to, to ask you eight questions. Where's the doctor I came for? The doctor of veterinary medicine. Then the, she shows up. She looks like a child. I mean, they're nice people, by and large. I love veterinarians. They're like the kindest people on the planet. But I feel bad for these girls. They go to these expensive veterinary schools. They get a DVM and they don't make much money, by the way. The clinic owners, like gangsters, I never saw anything like it. They're in the better business than the drug business. You open up a chain of veterinary clinics, you'll do better than, than dispensing drugs. Uh, speaking about drugs, by the way, did you see that article about opioid? 
the, the pharmaceutical opioid manufacturers settled with the government. Why are they not imprisoned? If you imprison a crack dealer, if you imprison a cocaine dealer, if you imprison a heroin dealer, why are you not imprisoning the owners of the opioid companies who knowingly push drugs on a population and addict an entire population? Why are they not being imprisoned? That's our corrupt political system at work. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. We're talking about life as a conservative in a liberal town or city or business. Are you burned out from politics and impeachment? What are you doing instead? And why don't we have a coherent foreign policy? Why don't we have a coherent immigration policy? Am I not allowed to ask the question? I'm going to ask the questions. The only way to effect change in a government is by pressuring a government whether the government is run by liberals or Democrats. We have to affect change. We're not getting control of our border. We have no control of our border whatsoever. Immigration is disastrously out of control. I have no idea what our policy is in Syria. It changed four times in the last three days. I have no idea. First, it was 28 troops. Now it's 50 troops. Then it's two troops. Uh, do you believe any of this garbage? 28 troops were holding off the whole Turkish army? You people believe it was 28 troops? How, how naive do you have to be? To believe a thing like that. Then we're here, we're getting out, and we're not going to protect them. They can prote- then we're here, we're not getting out, we're going to put in air power. Now we're not going to get air power. Then we are getting air power. They're coming out, we're going in, or we're going in and they're going out. Maybe we'll go in, maybe we'll go out. We're not quite sure what we're going to do, but tomorrow will be another story, depending upon what I'm doing and how are you. But if you disagree with me, you're a liberal, a libtard. That's all. Okay, when I come back, Stay on the line, what it's like to be a conservative in a liberal city, town, village, or business. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. I radio as a kid. You know, I may be the only major talk show host to actually grow up on radio. Would you believe that? I, I grew up on radio. I sat in my father's lap listening to, uh, I don't know, the Green Hornet, the Lone Ranger. To this day, I can smell a delicious smell of the secondhand smoke of Philip Morris cigarettes. Killed my father. All right. Uh, we didn't know it in those days. Uh, if secondhand smoke really affected people as badly as they say, I would be dead. But okay, it doesn't. I can smell the nicotine hands to this day. Who knew when a Father's Day would come around, my mother would say, get him a carton of cigarettes. Who knew that it was killing him? Dad would be given a carton of cigarettes. Did I know I was digging a grave? I didn't know. 
I thought I was doing something good for him. I bought him a carton of a Philip Morris. Unfiltered them. <laughs> Unfiltered. Oh, the folks didn't know that much. They were simple people. They were not college educated. They had their brains. They were smart people, but they were um, very simple people. They didn't know that the cigarettes were bad for them. The doctors told them the cigarettes were good for them. Do you know, back in the 30s, I saw ads from like the National Look magazine. It showed doctors smoking cigarettes saying, I smoke a camel because it's good for me. Do you know that cigarettes were originally pushed as a health substance along the lines of things that today are the same garbage, like gluten? Every moron, our gluten for, oh, we don't give our children gluten. We don't even give our dogs food with gluten. They don't know what gluten is. Ask Gloria Gluten what gluten is. She doesn't know. All she knows is bad for you. From the beginning of recorded history, grains have been used to sustain mankind, whether it be a tamale in, uh, in Mexico or Central America, wheat. They didn't know they were dying from a tamale. They were starving to death and had a tamale. They didn't know as much as Gloria Gluten. They made a tamale out of the wheat. In the Middle East, Bread is the staff of life. But what did the, mo- what did the ancients know about food? They don't, didn't know what the hippies know today. All they knew is that if they didn't eat, they would starve to death. Did the best they could. They grew wheat and they made it into a, a pita bread. The whole world lived on a grain of some sort. The five grasses, whether it be soybean. Well, it's not really a grass, but the five grasses, you know what they are. And wheat, rice, sorghum, millet, and one other, which I can't recall right now. And sustained life. So I put that up last night while I was doing a cooking show. So some moron says, did the Plains Indians live on a grain? I said, where are they today? I'm sorry. You want to come up with a wise statement? I'll give you a wiser one back. Did the Plains Indians live on a grain? Well, I'm sorry. They're not around today. So what I'm saying is it's not what you're hearing. It's like the same ignorance, the same stupidity in other ways. Global warming. The world's coming to an end because the bartender said so. And the seltzer man told her that global warming is the way to scare people to death, to get them to socialize the whole country. The, the old seltzer man from New York, it was up to me. Thank God I don't have any power. I thank God I never went into, went into politics. That's all. I let, let it hang in the air. Let's just put it as a, thank God I never went into politics and became a major politician. That's all I could say. Because Bernie Sanders wouldn't be where he is today. He wouldn't have gotten to the heart attack. He would not have gotten to the heart attack. He would have been deported a long time ago. I would have sent him to the Kremlin. But that's too left wing from the Kremlin today compared to what he's become, this fascist. And he brainwashed the bartender, a loser like her who stole tips from her co-workers. Now she wants to nationalize American industry. And the same rubbish day and night, the same left wing rubbish. That's all you hear from the other side. That's why Trump's going to win in a landslide. You think people are that stupid? They're not that stupid. They know what stupid is. Stupid is listening to a bartender like occasional cortex in clip number nine. This is stupid. Listen to it. We need a, a, a United States that really, truly and authentically is operated, owned and decided by working and all people in the United States of America. What does that actually mean? Tell me what it means. Multiracial, multigendered, multigenerational, oh, okay. and multigeographic. What does that mean? We already that stupid moron, child idiot. You know, thank God we have free speech laws in America. That's all I can say. So that even an idiot like her could get up there at a rally with the communist seltzer man. It's unbelievable to me. 
So now she wants bums now to run America. I think that was tried in in the Stalinist Russia. It was tried in Nazi Germany when they had the uh, the prisoners released from prison and put them in charge of the concentration camps. Let's listen to clip 11 from the, the stupidest woman in the history of American politics. Number 11. So we need to build a mass movement in America centered on working class, the poor, the middle class, one that is actively anti-racist. 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 Shut the hell up. Turn off. Shut up, you racist. You racist thing, you, you criminal. You criminal stirring up the masses of illegal aliens in the streets of New York. You piece of garbage, you. You piece of garbage, you. You go and take the illegal aliens, you rile them up against the working American people, and you say that this is a racist society. If it's so racist, girl, what are they all coming here for? And leaving their, their third world hellholes. What are they running out of the third world hellholes to come to this racist, horrible society for? You liar, you. One that is rooted in principles of cooperation? Oh, let me hear number 12, see if I can take one more shot of this thing. One that is rooted in principles of cooperation, that is participatory, that oh. combats uh, not only racism, uh, but misogyny, anti-queer discrimination. We yay. have to actively center those principles to drive Shut the us hell up. forward. Yeah, get her off. Go back to selling. Go, go back. Go uh, back mutt. to... Yeah, she is a mutt. You know, she is a mutt with that face of hers. Never mind that she's ugly. I don't care that she's ugly. That's just a product of genetics. I don't care that her teeth look like that of a jackass. That is not her problem. So they didn't pay for orthodontia. I don't have any problem with that. The parents were too cheap to buy her the correct bridge, braces or whatever to bring in those teeth. All right, so she looks like a cross between a donkey and a human being. I don't hold that against her. But the stupid statement about that, she's living in the most advanced society on the planet if we got more advanced we'd disappear we'd eat ourselves unbelievable to me and here she is this racist girl getting a big crowd in new york of illegal aliens and of course the usual suspects of idiots the drug addicts in the streets and who is it who brainwashed her? bernie sanders the communist he knows better he completely brainwashed her. all right let's that's neither here nor there. what's really here is i did a cooking video last night which you can still download for free on Twitter, and you'll see me making my famous braised scallops with rice dish. My famous. It's famous now, but it wasn't famous when I did it. And also, if you're interested, and I think you will be in my uh, event for next uh, Tuesday night, which you cannot attend. There's only 80 lucky people got into that one. But I had such a demand from people who wanted to be there that I listed it again today. First, we took it down. Now it's back up at half the price. So it's only nine ninety five. So that those of you, whether it's a few hundred or a few thousand, I don't know, who want to be with us after the event and download it on demand whenever you want, can do so by going to michaelsavage.com or Twitter or Facebook and, and link it up that way. And then you can watch the video of the show because it's going to be a great show next week. And I wish all of you could be there. But the question today, I think primarily the primary question is you're burned out from politics. You're burned out from impeachment. And I'm asking you, if you are somewhat of a conservative, what is it like living around liberals or working around them? That's what I want to know. Let's go to Mary in Sonoma, California. Mary, what's it like to be a conservative in your area of Sonoma? 
Well, I, I wrote down three three examples. Um, first of all, I've been here 21 years, and we're leaving. We're we're leaving next July 1st, and my husband and I. Where Where are you moving to? Tell me where you're going. Where there's conservative people or human beings? Where? We're moving to Trump Country in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Where oh, that's beautiful out there. What do you mean, like a buggy and a whip? You're going to become a, like a Mennonite? No, no, but it's in a little place called Mount Gretna, which is a Chautauqua. It's a spiritual community. Um, oh. and so you're, you're a hippie at heart. I'm, I'm a bohemian conservative, yes. Yeah. yeah, you see that? You heard me do a show on that once. Everyone thinks conservatives are these like rigid right wing people. Most of us are reformed uh, from the other world of the 60s. We know what liberalism really is. Most of us are actually descended was- descended from totally freedom loving people. Yes, well, what is this town again? Wait, I want to hear about that. Maybe I'll move there. What's it called? It's, it's called Mount Gretna. Like not Mount Etna, Mount Gretna? Mount Gretna. With a G, like goat. I know, like Gretna, like Gretna, not Etna. Yeah. What does it have there? I mean, you got a creek, something, a river? What do you have over there? You have a little mill pond. You have homes that were built out of the beautiful local limestone. Um, Wonderful. And what do you do with yourself there at night? Watch TV? Is there a meeting hall? It's eastern Pennsylvania, so you're two hours from D.C. You're 40 minutes from Philadelphia. So another night I got to drive to D.C. to have a drink? Oh, no. No, no. They have one. Well, give me an example. What's a local bar like in that town? Rednecky? I mean, people who beat you up. If you come in, you order a shot, and then you get beaten up and thrown out? No, no. Not biker bars, guys, bars. They're more like simple Wisconsin bars where I grew up, where deer hunters come in. Good people. Blue-collar, hard-working people. Like a Bud Light kind of thing. Yeah, with simple values. and they Like a Bud Light. You might catch a Pabst in the East Coast. <laughs> so what is it? Is it flat country there or? Oh, no, no. It's gorgeous farms. No, I love Pennsylvania. You know, William Penn's t- land. Now, wait a minute. You live in what town in Sonoma? This liberalism that you hate. Where Where do you live? In the town of Sonoma. Oh, the town of Sonoma with the beautiful Sonoma Square that's been taken over by uh, by southern Mexico. Yes, that it, it, that and cockroaches from moving out of San Francisco. In- oh, oh, the worst refuse of San Francisco moves up to Sonoma, and then they and then they ruin Sonoma. It's like what Bernie Sanders did to Vermont. That's what they're doing to Sonoma. Correct, and they're driving up the housing prices because they're they pay- and complaining about everything. Right, nothing's good enough for them. Right. Exactly. And wow, they, they want to tell us how to live, and but but I. I I'll tell you, I work in the construction industry, and uh, I'm a construction manager, and oh. I have two trucks. And on my pickup trucks, one of them, I have a personalized license plate. My license, California license plate says NRA fan. Oh, that must go over well in a liberal Sonoma. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> and on top of that, I have a magnetic sign that says a woman for Trump. Oh, <laughs> and do you park it? You park it and leave it around these these kind liberals. They don't they don't damage your truck. Square. I park it in wherever I am. I don't care. But but here's the thing: it's a beautiful truck, and liberals have keyed my truck up one side. And yeah, they're they're scum. They're the scum of the earth. I know who they are. They're the meanest, most horrible people on earth. Well, look. Let me ask you something. When are you leaving town? July 1st, next year, as soon as our last child's out of college. All right, so I want to give you a free ticket to my party. You want to take it, the video party? Oh, my God, 
course I'd be so honored. Oh, that's that. No, I want you to have it. I want you to be there. You'll watch it on download it at your own. Those of you who want to be there with us and can't be there because it's sold out next Tuesday, please go to michaelsavage.com and you could just simply access it through that. And I want to uh, have as many people attend as can. It's that simple. Well, here we are, my friends. We're moving into the 20th minute after the hour. It's only a Monday, and it's a beautiful day out here in the San Francisco area. It's the beautiful weather that we call our Indian summer, we call it, because it's our true summer. The wind is low. uh, There's no rain. The bay takes on a certain, I call it a China blue color. The air is good. Life is good this time of year. Just before the rains in this Mediterranean climate, something Bernie Sanders didn't learn in communist school. Back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is the Savage Nation, uh, the lone savage fighting for the American way every day here. Uh, Still going strong. And if you watched my video last night of me cooking uh, scallops and rice, it was a nice job. I did a good job. I mean, Teddy was back from the hospital. I was depressed. I wouldn't drink. As I told you, if you watched my video, and about 30,000 people chose to watch me cook last night, and I don't announce it in advance. It was like a last-minute thing. Uh, my friend Lorenzo told me many years ago, he said, never drink when you're depressed. And I was depressed from the ha- animal hospital. You never drink when you're depressed because, you know, it's a central nervous system depressant. It'll only make you uh, worse, and you'll, you won't come back from it. So I didn't need it. I didn't need to cook with wine. Or it's, what are you pairing the scallops with? Like, how about a glass of water? Would that work for you? I had a Pellegrino or some soda water. I don't know. And I watched Narcos. I'm like obsessively watching it again. The murder, the killing, what they did in that country. What he did killing thousands of police officers. Wasting lives, blowing up airplanes, that narco terrorist. I couldn't believe what they did to Colombia, this guy. What drugs did to that country. Then I wake up today and I see that the opioid manufacturers were allowed to work out a settlement with the government instead of being imprisoned. Now, I want to tell you something. If you equate it, if you actually added up the damage done to a society between, let us say, illegal drugs, put them in one column, and legal drugs like opioids, I can even add a few more, but let's stick to opioids, when they knowingly knew that these drugs were addictive, knowingly did it anyway, are you telling me that the devastation that has been wrought upon our society by the opioid manufacturers is not as bad as that of the cartel manufacturers? It may be worse. So why are the drug companies permitted to work out a settlement while the cartel guys were not allowed to work out a settlement? It's the same thing. Well, you, you could argue that you work out a settlement with them. The people want the drugs anyway. So don't put them in jail. Let them have the drugs. That's what you did with the opioids. So tell me what the difference is. Tell me what the difference is. Why are they not in jail, the opioid people? Why? Uh, it's simple. Add it up. How do you think they're not in jail? Why do you think these lowlifes like Schiff go into politics? Little men like him. Why would a bag man like Nadler go into politics? A little bum like him, a night school lawyer. Figure it out. These are small people. They're not the best people at the congressional level. They're not the best people. Now, what do you think? None of that money flows into their campaign through third and fourth parties. Are you joking? When I come back, I have a special guest on the issue of Well, I I won't tell you in advance because it won't sound good. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It is the Lone 
Savage. Wake up out there before it's too late. So we've been talking about what it's like to be a conservative living in a liberal area, whether it's San Francisco or wherever you're living. You know, there's a, uh, a description of hidden Jews called Moranos. The Moranos were on the surface. They had to convert to Catholicism in Spain or they would have been crucified. But they practiced their religion of Judaism in secret. They were called Moranos. And many conservatives today have been driven into the underground. We're like Moranos, with me exceptional, because I don't take it from anybody. I've got a big mouth on me, and I hope you do too. I don't understand why you're afraid of them. Who are they, actually? Have you ever looked at the liberals by themselves? Just a big mouth, that's all they are. Give them a bigger mouth. I don't know why you're afraid of them. They don't run the world, so they're intimidating you. But, you know, it goes back to something much deeper than that, and that is the ideology of these so-called liberals. And that would be an ideology that goes all the way back in history to communism. There's no question about it. We can see the thread. And joining us right now to talk about this is Deanna West with her book, The Red Thread, a search for ideological drivers inside the anti-Trump conspiracy. Diana, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you very much. A great pleasure to be with you, Dr. Savage. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this hatred for Donald Trump where does it originate? Who, who, who's behind this? It's nothing normal. And I think that's where we have to begin to understand how to even figure out how to unearth it. And you, you reference it. You reference it to communist ideology. Because when we see Donald Trump emerge, we see him as the rebuilder, the restorer of the nation state. And the nation state is the greatest weapon against communism, globalism, international socialism, and so on. So, another, so he's, a mo- he's a moderate nationalist in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a some, in some way, because the border is still porous. Absolutely. But he, but he does represent a moderate nationalism. There's no question about it. And this moderate nationalism flies in the face of communism, liberalism, socialism, in essence. Everything. Every, every, the entire direction of this country has been going since World War II, for sure. He is a disruptor and an interrupter of this move left. Toward so, I, I keep asking myself one question. Why are so many billionaires, whether they be Hollywood, let's say they're worth tens of millions of dollars, why would they want a communist system? You probably have to talk to their shrinks. I mean, this, this does become kind of a mental... Why would a Barbara Streisand want a communist system when they would seize her assets? It makes uh, feel good. Occasional cortex would turn Barbara Streisand's uh, Beverly Hills mansion into a probably a social center for illegal aliens. That would be a good start. I mean, I think that would be, might bring her... But I'm saying, don't they understand what they're saying? Or are they that naive or, or foolish or that uneducated? espousing Probably such naked, n- naked communism like this? I'm sorry? But, but your main book is The Red Thread. What is that about? Well, it's actually about what's going on inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., where Donald Trump, this moderate nationalist, as you call him, arrived in the middle of the swamp and it attempted to reverse this global direction of the world. And this... I would argue in this book, is why you see so many senior officials at the top of the government behaving lawlessly inside this anti-Trump conspiracy. 
Well, what can we do about it? I mean, that's why a lot of people throw their hands up. If there's so many of them and they run everything behind the scenes, what hope do we have to save this nation? Look what they're doing to him. Well, I mean, they've, they've, driven the guy, they've driven the guy almost nuts from what they're doing to absolutely. him. Absolutely. But I think we have to understand the, ideal, the, ide- the ideology behind it to understand how deep this enemy really is. This is what I tried to do in explaining why it was that so many of these people were behaving seditiously. But how do we stop them? What do we? I mean, what would you say we do? I do this every day on my radio show. You write your books. What else can we do? Well, we haven't even gotten to the point where people understand the Marxism behind this the conspiracy. When you know that a James Comey was a communist in college and continues mm. to be influenced and promulgate the beliefs of his mentors when he was a communist, you have a problem. Com- Comey, Comey was a commie. I'm sorry? Comey was a commie? Absolutely, by his own word. That, make for, that would make for a nice bumper sticker, Comey was a commie. Well, he may still be one in the sense that he, the, the influence when he was in school in the 1980s was the uh, Marxist theologian Reinhold Niebuhr. He still is claiming Reinhold Niebuhr as his greatest influence right up to 2018. So he never grew up, in other words. He's still stuck in the college textbook. He's stuck in the college text, but it's worse than that because this is the ideology of, of redistribution of wealth and justice, coercive power. This man should not be close to the FBI or the Justice Department, which is actually where he made his career. So are you arguing that all of these agencies have been, in essence penetrated and taken over by the Communist Party? Absolutely. I mean, this is something that we used to understand in a, in a, in a very granular sense when we were able to expose these people going right. to the 40s. 50s. Right, but now you'd be mocked. If you were to say that Comey is a communist and you would show him wearing a red beret, uh, carrying on a picture of Karl Marx in college, they would say, no, that's not true. You made it up. It's fake news. Well, I can prove it in the red thread, not so much as the red beret and the pictures of Marx, but when you go through the ideological statements he's made and lives by, you see this metastasizing. Similarly, right, what about the other players who are out to get Trump? What about the other ones? There's a few others that are look to me like naked members of the Communist Party USA. Uh, some of his most vocal critics in the intelligence agencies look like John Brennan. Jo- Brennan. Tell us about Brennan. Who is he? Brennan voted for Gus Hall, the Communist Party leader, in 1976. Deep freeze, Cold War period. Mm. He entered the CIA having told the, um, the, the, the lie detector administrator that he did this. And he was still brought right into the CIA. Why? Why would they take a naked communist into the CIA? Well, either the lie detector administrator was a, was a comrade himself, or they just oh. are so completely devoid of any kind of survival instinct that they would... Well, by what I hear from you, and what I've seen in my own life, and what I see in, in San Francisco, what I see uh, going on every day against Trump, for better or for worse, for right or for wrong, it looks to me like there's a, a, a kind of a shadow government that's running this country that is communist. Well, I think that that is an apt description, which is exactly why Donald Trump was so such a huge threat to them, because he comes in, I believe, as the most innately anti-communist president we've ever had. More so than Ronald Reagan? I do think so, because Ronald Reagan was somebody who was very interested in, in free trade, NAFTA, 
this kind of internationalist efforts that can be very easily subverted by communism. Uh. Donald Trump has a completely different set of instincts, which is when we get back to the whole America first concept. Mm. So his, his moderate nationalism is a threat to the internationalism of the, let us say, shadow government that's running America and the media. How do you explain these fools in the media? who make six, 10, 12, 15 million dollars a year. Do they actually want to give up their salaries to a government? What do they understand what they're preaching? Well, perhaps. I mean, under communist regimes, you don't see people at the top giving up their wealth and perks and power. I mean, this becomes just a way of holding down the people and, and exercising power and, and justify the means. I mean, this is... So a communist system basically is, as my mother taught me, a two-tiered system, the rich and the poor. There's almost no middle class. So that more or less explains exactly what's going on in the country today. And the, the anomaly here is that Trump is a very wealthy man who identifies more so with the poor people than the rich people. I think that's very true, which is, again, why he poses such a massive threat to this powerful, power-hungry type cabal that's been running things, because he's actually awakened the normal people in this country to try to reassert their own rights and what the government is actually supposed to be doing, which is serving them, not the bureaucrats in Washington. Diana West, the book is The Red Thread. Now, you've been on, on major, uh, you, you write for the Scripps Howard News Service, United Media. It says you're a former CNN contributor. How did that happen? <laughs> that was some years ago when Lou Dobbs had his show. Oh, he was great. You graduated Yale, and what, what did you study at Yale, Diana? English. I tried English? From the history department. You studied English? God, that's almost subversive in this country today. <laughs> Well, yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you speak English too well and use more than a minimal of vocabulary, you're probably considered a racist. Well, there's that, especially if you throw in a few adverbs. <laughs> God. And what if you use tenses correctly? Could you imagine what a threat that is to the rap world? Well, this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Diana West, a pleasure to have a literate, intelligent, insightful, wonderful guest on The Savage Nation. The book is The Red Thread. We'll be back in a minute. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome back. Look, I want to talk about Halloween for a minute. I'll tell you why. I don't like the holiday. A couple of reasons. Uh, it's a pagan holiday. I know. I had kids. They all loved it. I get it. And I had that. It's innocent. It's really not that innocent. And it's interesting to me that the less religious a community is, the more you see the spider webs and like the plastic uh, skeletons coming out of the, the lawns. Just think about it. The less church going, the more they have these, these spider webs and stupid. You go to West Hollywood where there's no churches allowed at all. They burn them to the ground. You can't believe the displays of paganism down there. But it's the same in most white liberal communities across America with the, the, the dog skeletons and the big deal. You know what they're doing with this? Do you know that there's a report right now that those stupid spider webs are killing birds? All you good liberals? All you good liberals who are poisoning your children every morning with candy and you give them a, a donut in the morning and send them to school with, a, with an, a, an injection of some kind of drug. Do you understand that your, your do-gooderness is killing your children with the food, number one? I don't give them candy. I close my house up and leave town. I shut the lights off. It's like I'm Scrooge. Who's that guy who lives in that house? I, you know, here's what I do. I've left in front of my house. I've left boxes of raisins for them. They're not cheap. They cost more than candy. But I'm against candy for children. Candy is a rocket fuel of poison for a child's brain. It destroys their minds. 
So I don't leave candy. I leave, they leave the candy over. The brats come by with the bags looking like, like uh, bohemian bums. The kids, I don't blame the kids. The parents are the ones I blame. Why are you sending your child around like a beggar, teaching them to be a beggar? Daughter? I don't get that. Did I do it? I don't know. I guess I did. We're all kids at one time. I put on a mask, a stupid mask. I remember to this day, I wore a, um, I do remember now, I had a rubber devil's mask and a, ru- and this is a very S&M. I, what was my mother thinking? She got me a rubber devil's mask and a rubber, like, cloak. Actually, I think about it. They sell them down here in these districts in San Francisco. I wouldn't go near. A rubber devil's mask could probably be worth a fortune today in certain uh, sex stores. I didn't know it. But I remember I sweat like crazy and I couldn't breathe in it because it was, the, it was not a porous rubber in those days. Probably toxic. Everything was toxic in those days. No one died from it. I wore this rubber mask. So I, my mother let me put on a Halloween party in my house, little house. So the, all the kids came up to this day. And I've told the story once in a while. This girl, I don't remember her name. She's probably a leader of the feminist brigade somewhere in San Francisco to this day. Maxine was her name. She was a large girl. She gave me, I, I remember, I was wearing the, the devil mask. I was always a devilish kind of kid. And I think I grabbed her a little tightly and k- tried to kiss her in the closet. I swear it happened. I don't know why I'm a kid. What did I know? I was young. She hauled off and hit me so hard. On the side of the head, it was like a martial arts fight because it hit my ear and my cheek. To this day, I think I'm hearing loss from Maxine. Her name was Maxine. I hope to God she's not living in San Francisco. I'll get sued yet. What a monster. <clears throat> I know you're feminist are screaming. You got what you deserved. You're sexist. Pig. I was a kid, you idiot, you. But I was wearing a devil's mask. I remember. And you couldn't breathe in it. I, lucky I didn't die altogether from the mask. And then you try to pull them off as you start to sweat in the middle of the party. And it gets stuck on your on your jaw trying to come off. And you get like a little panic attack, like it's not going to come off. You get tangled up in the mask. Anyway, no, I don't recommend it. I don't look if you're a kid and you have kids, you let them do this stuff. But I don't let them have candy. I'll give them uh, I'm going to give them uh, raisins, as I said. And you with the with the uh, would you please look into those stupid uh, spider webs you're putting on your lawn? The birds are dying in them. These animal rescue centers are having to come out and release birds from the stupid spider webs in the white suburbs. I don't see poor people putting uh, fake skeletons on, on their, in, uh, in their houses. Do you? Only oh, it's a middle class thing, this paganism. I made my point. That's all. Here's some headlines on michaelsavage.com. Defense Secretary Mark Esper. Trump called him Esperanto the other day. You know, Esperanto is a language, but it's easy to make that mistake. You can jump cut that one. If you have a defense secretary, you hardly know because he got appointed a day before. And he's 101st Airborne. He's the real McCoy. He's a good guy. And he called him Mark Esperanto. His name is Mark Esper. Says a small U.S. force may remain in Syria to curb ISIS activity. That kind of flies in the face of removing the two, the two troops we had. First, there were 80 troops. Then there were 50. Now there's 28. You actually believe a government lie like this? That there were 50 troops holding off the whole Turkish army. How stupid can you be? 50 troops are holding off the Turkish army. I don't know. People believe everything now. So anyway, they're going to keep troops there. Now they're coming home. Now they're going. Then we're going to relieve them in. We're putting them in. They're not going. They're going to be there. A few are going to be here. A couple are going to be there. We're going to move a few over there. And if the Turks come in, we're going to send in the Air Force. But we're not going to send in the Air Force. But if we do send in the Air Force, we'll show them. And we'll, who can keep up with this? Mitt Romney admits he ran a secret anti-Trump Twitter account. I'm not surprised by him. I had uh, a lunch with him many years before uh, Trump ran for office. 
I liked Mitt Romney, to be honest with you. He was a very polite man. He was too liberal on immigration. I remember that. But actually a fine gentleman, to be frank with you. I have nothing negative to say against, against Washington. I should hate him. I'm supposed to hate him now because that's the thing now. Oh, I'm, I'm hating. I don't hate Romney. Romney is a good man. His politics are too liberal for me. Let's leave it at that. Do I have to hate him now? Because he's a hate figure. He's the new panada of the Trump supporters. Hate Romney. I'm not, I'm not joining that crowd. An evening with Michael Savage. Last week to sign up. You know, the event is a week from tomorrow. I can't believe it. And for a few dollars, you can watch the event of the decade because I'm not doing another one. I haven't done one in 20 years. It's that simple. I know you're going to love it. And that's it. Thanks for being here. The Westwood One Podcast Network.